we shall take up canto 6 chapter 1 we had ended at 15 yesterday all right so 15th verse we had ended so we will start from the 16th verse this is the dialogue between parikshit and sukhdev goswami so we shall continue from there my dear king if a sinful person engages in the service of a bona fide devotee of the lord and thus learns how to dedicate his life unto the lotus feet of Krishna, he can be completely purified. One cannot be purified merely by undergoing austerity, penance, brahmacharya and other methods of atonement. I have previously described. So, if you go for, say let us say for example, you go to the mountains and say I want to sit in the Himalayas. Or that means you are going for Paris and you are going for your austerities. So whether you do penance or you do austerities or you go to any mountains or you go and do whatever you want to, alright? Or you stand on one feet for 10,000 years, doesn't matter. Or you do practice Brahmacharya. Brahmacharya means uh, you, you remain single, whatever. Okay? <laughs> so even after that, no case of getting into your, uh, you know, there is no question of reaching the state of enlightenment. Enlightenment will only happen if you have a spiritual master with you. So that is what he says. When you engage the services of a bona fide devotee of the Lord. That is a spiritual master who is connected to the Lord alone. That is supreme divine consciousness. And only when he teaches you how to be devoted to Sri Krishna himself. That means devoted to the Supreme Divine Consciousness. We are not talking about some individual called Krishna. We are talking about the Supreme Divine Consciousness. This spiritual master will teach you how you can reach this great goal in your life. Then only you will be able to reach there. The path followed by the pure devotee who are well behaved and fully endowed with the best qualification is certainly the most auspicious path in this material world. It is free from fear and it is authorized by the Shastras. So when you meet your spiritual master who is your spiritual master? A spiritual master is a well-behaved person who is fully endowed with all the qualities that are needed for the purpose of enlightenment. That means he has the knowledge, he has the understanding, he can teach you, he can train you, he can put you through the grind. Literally, he'll, he'll whitewash you. Okay? So this devotee of the Lord, which is the spiritual master, he does all these kind of things. And then what does he do? Because he has the best qualifications in the business. And he will put you in the auspicious path in this material world. So in this material world, you need to find a spiritual master. Or the master will have to find you, one of the two. And this path is free from fear. All other paths are full of fear. Fear, how is the fear? Fear comes about when you something happens. Let us say for example, everything is going on well. You have got good rank, you are studying well, your teacher says you are the best student in the world and so on and so forth. And you are really galloping in your examinations. And you stood first in your class. And now you applied for a fancy college. And in that college entrance examination you fail. And you don't get admission over there. What happens? Are you not shifting from confidence to fear immediately fear has come into you saying that oh my god I am not going to get admission so fear 
But when you are with the spiritual master, he teaches you everything happens for good. Why are you fearsome in this case? You need not fear. Maybe God has positioned something much better for you in your life than what you are thinking of. You got what I am saying? So it may say that instead of getting admission into MIT or UCLA or one of those top, top of the line colleges, even though you have come first in the university, God says, no, 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 you cannot do this. You should go to a normal institution. And uh, he says to you, you go and teach in RV college. Now you may say, it is such a come down. How can I do this? You know, I have such a fancy degree and a qualification and yet you want me to go and teach over here? That is the stupidest thing on earth. But maybe when you go over there, if she is a woman, then she finds her husband over there. Or maybe if it's a man, he finds his wife over there. The entire life changes over there. Why? Because the junior has to be born. <laughs> so yeah, that could be the case. How do you know that? You don't know the idea of those things. So there is some reason somewhere which you cannot fathom. Why it happens? Don't bother. So the spiritual master is the one who will tell you these answers. Whereas you are sitting with the mark sheet and you are saying, what is this? I didn't get admission. You are sitting at that point in time and thinking that your world has ended. This is called fear. And to make you fearless, your master is always there. That which is authorized by the Shastras. So he is not going to tell you some falsehood or something like that. He is going to tell you something which is authorized by the Shastras. My dear king, as a pot containing liquor cannot be purified, even if washed in the waters of the many rivers, Non-devotees cannot be purified by process of atonement even if they perform very well. You see, it's a bottle of liquor. Okay. Now you are going to pour water in it and keep it in the fridge. Think about it. Somebody, some friend whom you don't know who is a teetotaler, he comes to your house. And you go to the fridge and it's a very nice, uh, maybe Johnny Walker or something like that. And you open the bottle and you start pouring over there. <laughs> he is looking at that glass in which you are pouring. And the moment he looks at the glass, he immediately says, No, I don't want to drink this water. And he bends down to his own bag and removes a bottle of water from there. And he will tell his host, You know, I have to drink only this purified water from my house. <laughs> so you will get such kind of reasons. Again, if now think about it, you know, you have gone to houses where they eat, you know, beef. Alright? And now you are sitting on their table and they have offered you free food in their plate. You know, if you are a vegetarian person, you know how difficult it is to even eat from the plate. The plate might have been washed a thousand times, yet you are going to be, your mind is tainted. You don't want to eat over there. <laughs> you see the whole point? It's like that. Now, you know, in our material world, we have this great... Uh, Thing about you know marrying a virgin. Every bloody country in this world, the men over there, whether it is Gulf or whether it is whichever country, you know, they want to marry a virgin. And imagine that she is not a virgin. 
you know, till you die, the thought is always going to be there in your mind. I, I did marry a virgin. Can you imagine that? It's the stupidest thing in the world. Exactly what happens to a human being. A pot containing liquor cannot be purified even if it is washed in the waters of many rivers. Non-devotees cannot be purified by the process of atonement even if they perform very well. Lot of austerities if a non-devotee performs, he can never reach the state of enlightenment ever. It is like you know, eating from a plate where the thought always remains, oh, this is got badega in it. Badega means uh, beef, by the way. Okay? So you got beef in it. There is no beef in it, yet the thought will remain, oh, somebody has eaten beef from this. Got it? Or, you know, when we are always tainted, think about it, you know, there is some priest who has been caught as a, like basically, um, uh, what they call, you know, what they call pedophile or something like that. Now that person has become perfect, okay, he's, he's given up all his uh, stupid activities in his world and all that and yet he is standing on the pulpit and delivering one of the best lectures of all. You know, you're going to look at him and say, I don't want to leave my child with him. Yeah. <laughs> like today, people when they go to Rome and they look at the you know, the Pope who is going to stand over there and do like this, like this, you know, wish everybody a very happy Christmas and all that. They look at him, oh, bouncer, huh? bouncer. <laughs> he was a bouncer in the club once upon a time. Panga nahi lene ka saap. You understand? Panga nahi lene ka Pope se. Pope pakad ke dhoke nikalega. So you see, the thought still remains. Exactly how a non-devotee's he cannot be purified even by the best of the methodologies. You can put you know, acid in it also, still there is no purification. <clears throat> Although not having fully realized Krishna, people who have once surrendered completely unto his lotus feet and who have become attracted by his name, form, qualities and pastimes are completely freed from sinful reaction. For they have thus accepted the true nature of atonement. Even in dreams, such a surrendered soul do not see Yamaraja or even in the order carriers who are equipped with ropes to bind the sinful. Let us say for example, <clears throat> we know about Jesus, we know about Ram and Sita and all those people or for that matter your spiritual master, you may know him. But if you have not had even one single leaning towards the Father in Heaven or Krishna, the Supreme Divine Consciousness, and you don't believe in that, then there is no point. Because that is not going to take you anywhere. So devotion towards the Supreme Divine Consciousness is a must. So the final clause, you know, signing any agreement is this. You need to have at least one little iota of, you know, belief in that system. So Father in Heaven. Your belief in Father in Heaven or Krishna or the Supreme Divine Consciousness is a criteria for getting anywhere in this world. Without that, Yamraja is going to come. <laughs> he is going to come with a big muchi like that. Yeah, of course he does. <laughs> also. Yes, isko leke chalo. <laughs> so, 
Yamaraja also doesn't come near you if you are just even once called the name of Father in Heaven or Sri Krishna or Supreme Divine Consciousness. Got it? In this regard, learned scholars and saintly persons describe a very old historical incident involving a discussion between the other order carriers of Lord Vishnu and those of Yamaraja. <clears throat> Please hear this from me. So now a story regarding this. In the city known as Kanyakbuja, there was a Brahmana named Ajmila who married a prostitute maid servant and lost all his Brahmanical qualities because of association with the low caste woman. This fallen Brahmana Ajmila gave trouble to others by arresting them, by cheating them in gambling or directly plundering them. This was the way he earned the livelihood and maintained his wife and children. My dear king, while he thus spent his time in abominable sinful activities, to maintain his family for many sons, 88 years of life passed by. <clears throat> the old man Ajmila and his twin sons, of whom the youngest was a baby named Narayana, since Narayana was the youngest of all the sons, he was naturally very dear to both the father and the mother. <clears throat> because of the child's broken language and awkward movements, old Ajmila was very much attached to him. He always took care of the child and enjoyed the child's activities. When Ajmila chewed food and ate it, he called the child to chew and eat. And when he drank, he called the child to drink it too. Also, always engaged in taking care of the child and calling his name Narayana, Ajmila could not understand that his own time was now exhausted and death was upon him. When the time of the death arrived at the foolish Ajmila, he began thinking exclusively of his son Narayana. Ajmila then saw three awkward persons with deformed bodies, fierce features, fierce twisted faces and hair standing erect on their bodies. With ropes in their hands, they continued to take him away to the abode of Yamaraja. When he saw them, he was extremely bewildered and because of attachment to the child who was playing a short distance away, Ajmila began to call him out loudly by his name. Thus, with tears in his eyes, he somehow or the other chanted the holy name of Narayana. My dear king, the order carriers of Vishnu, the Vishnu Dutas, immediately arrived when they heard the holy name of their master from the mouth of the dying Ajmila, who had certainly chanted without offence, because he has chanted it complete, in complete anxiety. The order carriers of Yamraja were snatching the soul from the core of the heart of Ajmila, the husband of the prostitute. But with the resounding voices, the messengers of Lord Vishnu, the Vishnu Dutas, forbade them to do so. When the order carriers of Yamraja, the son of the sun god, were thus forbidden, they replied, Who are you, sirs, that have the audacity to challenge the jurisdiction of Yamraja? Dear sirs, those servants are you. Where, they, where have you come from and why are you forbidding us to touch the body of Ajmila? Are you the demigods from the heavenly planets or are you the sub-demigods or are you the best of the devotees? See, in this line they have explained to you that there are various stages for every person. He may be a god, he may be a demigod, he may be a sub-demigod. He is my assistant, 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 you know. 
मतलब वाइस प्रेसिडेंट जनरल मैनेजर जनरल मैनेजर का सीनियर मैनेजर सीनियर मैनेजर के नीचे मैनेजर उसके नीचे असिस्टेंट मैनेजर या जूनियर मैनेजर फिर उसके नीचे एग्जीक्यूटिव ऑफिसर और क्या पता नहीं यू नो हाउ मैनी ग्रेडेशन आर देयर लाइक डाउन द लाइन एग्जैक्टली यू नो गॉड्स डोमेन ऑल्सो वर्क इन द सेम वे येज गॉड अ नंबर ऑफ असिस्टेंट्स यू कैन गो टू द प्यून ऑल्सो बाई द वे ही हेज गॉट प्यून ऑल्सो so he runs a very big administrative setup <coughs> the order carriers of yamaraja your eyes are just like the petals of lotus flowers he is looking those yamaraja's people no they are looking the yamaraja's guys are all very fierce looking with big beard and all that you know deadly looking characters and here these guys are cool looking dudes you know imagine like that what happened you not able to hear you can hear huh yes no okay good <clears throat> the order carriers of yamraja said your eyes are just like the petals of lotus flowers dressed in yellow silken garments decorated with the garlands of lotuses and wearing very attractive helmets on your head and earrings in your ear <clears throat> you all appear fresh and youthful Your four long arms are decorated with bows and quivers of arrows, with swords, clubs, conch shells, discs, and lotus flowers. If you see this line, it is telling you exactly the way how Narayana is dressed. You know, his 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 attire is also like this. His assistants are also like that only. Got it? It's like suppose you join Gandhi ji's movement, then you also will have to wear khadi and go along, isn't it? you join a political party you have to wear the political party uniform and go isn't it same way these guys are also doing the same uniform like the divine lord your effulgence has dissipated the darkness of the place with extraordinary illumination now sirs why are you obstructing us sukhdev goswami continued being thus addressed by the messengers of yamaraja the servants of vasudeva smiled and spoke the following words in voice as deep as the sound of rumbling clouds The blessed messengers of Lord Vishnu, the Vishnu Duta said, "If you are actually servants of Yamaraja, you must explain to us the meaning of religious principles and the symptoms of irreligion." See, they are taking away this being called Ajmela from the body, isn't it? So, the Vishnu Dutas are asking in the question, "Can you please explain to me the reason? What is this religion and irreligion?" You got it. dharma and adharma now you understand why he is called dharma yamaraja because all the adharmi people have to go to him he can straighten the person out and put dharma into that person there is you know corrective action like when uh, when somebody hacks into your computer you have to go to somebody who will give you a very antidote for that so that you <laughs> you don't get hacked once again isn't it so exactly like that reverse process what is the process of punishing others who are the actual candidates for punishment are all karmis engaged in fruitive attitudes activities punishable or only some of them the yamadutas replied that which is prescribed in the vedas constitutes dharma the religious principles and the opposite of that is adharma or irreligion the vedas are directly the supreme personality of godhead narayana 
and ourselves born. This we have heard from Yamaraja. The supreme cause of all causes, Narayana, is situated in the own abode in the spiritual world. But nevertheless, he controls the entire cosmic manifestation according to the three modes of material nature. Sattvagun, Rajogun and Tamogun. In this way, all the living entities are awarded different qualities, different names, such as Brahman, Kshatriya, Vaishya. Different duties according to the Varnashrama institution and different forms. This Narayana is the cause of the entire cosmic manifestation. So, everybody has been given different qualities, isn't it? Depending on the gunas. That is Sattva, Rajas and Tamas. So, do you really believe, I mean, think about it like this. Do you really believe that the person who is repairing your chapels, he is fit enough to go into hell? I mean, that is not the criteria. God has given him the position of a cobbler. God has given him the position of a cobbler. Or somebody may be a CEO of a company. So God has given him the position of a CEO. Understood? The qualities associated with the CEO are with that person called CEO only. Isn't it? And the qualities associated with a cobbler will have qualities associated with cobbler. Right? I cannot have a CEO quality in a cobbler. Do you get this point? The person has been made for a specific purpose only. So a cobbler will be a cobbler, will be a cobbler, will be a cobbler. Right? And a CEO will be a CEO. We cannot mix up these two because both have been given different qualities. Right? But that doesn't mean that one person is not qualified to enter hell and the heavens and the other person is qualified to enter heaven or hell. There is no such qualification that way. So whatever quality the body has been given has nothing to do with dharma or adharma. You may be a butcher. Butcher who cuts animals, cut, 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 you know, in the, in the abattoir. You could be an, a person who is killing animals. Doesn't make you a sinner. You have been given the quality of that person. And that is the reason why you are like that. Now, coming to a person, you may be the greatest devotee of the Lord or may not be and yet you may be donating things to charity. Think about it like this. You may be donating things to charity. Does it mean that you are the greatest person on planet earth? Doesn't mean any of that. It only means that, uh, is the video frozen or something? Uh, is it frozen? Because I am not getting any movement in my computer. It's all hanging. Oh, I don't know why is it so. It's slow. I, I don't know why it is slow. But anyway. So the qualities, oh, is that so? Because see, over here everything is frozen. I don't know what is the problem. It is uh, hanging, literally. That's why I had to ask you the question. Anyway, uh, I'll continue. Uh, Let us see. So everybody has been given specific qualities. And these qualities are very, very important for that individual. So, 
a butcher will be given a quality of not having he is not going to flinch when he is cutting the animal cut like that got it he has been given that quality that doesn't make him a sinner he has been given that particular quality right in the same way there are animals like tigers or leopards and all that they are carnivorous in nature and there are animals like giraffe and cow which are basically herbivorous god has given them the quality so sattva rajas and tamaguna has been distributed narayana has equally given to everybody different different qualities and different different forms the sun fire sky air demigods moon evening day night direction water land and super soul himself are all witness of the activities of the living entities all these things are watching all these things the candidates for punishment are those who are confirmed by these many witnesses to have deviated from their prescribed regulative duties everyone engaged in fruitive activities suitable to be subjected to punishment according to sinful acts the sinful acts are all judged by all these elements in nature they will judge it as per dharma or adharma so a person who is killing 100 people in war may not be a sinner at all whereas if you go and commit one murder you know one homicide in your own town you will be the greatest murderer that could be the case you don't know that so what is the criteria is dependent on dharmic principles as prescribed by the vedas okay this you should remember o inhabitants of vaikuntha you are sinless and those within this material world are all karmis whether young acting piously or impiously both kinds of action are possible for them because they are contaminated by the three modes of nature and must act accordingly one who has accepted a material body cannot be act inactive and sinful action is inevitable for one acting under the modes of material nature therefore all living entities within this material world are punishable everybody has been given a physical body the physical body is going to do action every action performed they have to be performed within the dharmic principle if they are performed within the dharmic principles that is with adharma you will have to suffer for that and everybody is entitled for this kind of a punishment if there is something wrong done in their life so right and the wrong is dependent on dharma and adharma and everybody's dharma and adharma are different no two people's dharma and adharma are the same let us say a wife's dharma is different than a husband's dharma so we cannot mix up the two see in ancient time the man used to go out and work and the wife used to be a housewife that was the dharma in olden times today the dharma is the woman is also working the man is also working earlier they used to have one bank account today they have two bank accounts you got what i am saying she has her own issues in her office and you have your own issues in your office that could be the case the woman may not have time to look after the child and she might keep one maid in the house or what do you say nanny and the nanny may look after the child that is today's dharma we cannot mix up with a person who in ancient times would say you know i used to sit at home and take care of all the children 
There is no comparison between the two. So we cannot compare. So the dharma according to one may be adharma according to the other. Like killing in the material world for a normal human being is adharma. Whereas a person in the war is killing hundred soldiers is not adharma. So depending on different different positions, different places, what is adharma and dharma can only be understood by using the principles of the Vedas. Alright? And it is all dependent. So the Yamdutas are telling them this kind of principles. In proportion to the extent of one's religion or irreligious actions in this life, one must enjoy or suffer the corresponding actions, reactions of his karma in the next. So whatever that you do in this life and the past lives, it is all going towards karmic accumulation, which is basically sanchit. It is getting accumulated. So in the next life, you will have to come with your prarabdha karma to expiate it. O best of demigods, we can see three different varieties of life, which are due to the contamination of the three modes of nature. The living entities are thus known as peaceful, restless and foolish, as happy, unhappy and in-between, or as religious, irreligious and semi-religious. We can deduce that in our next life that these three kinds of material nature are similar act, with similar act. Just as springtime in the present indicates the nature of springtime in the past and the future, so this life of happiness, distress or a mixture of both gives evidence considering the religious or the irreligious activities of one's past and future life. So suppose in this life you are an absolute poor person. It is dependent on your past lives. How you have come to this state is dependent on your past life. And suppose in this life you are a very rich person, please understand it is all dependent because of what you have done in the past. Suppose in this life you have become a very ugly looking person, remember it is all because of your past lives. Or you have become a very rich person or very good looking person, it is because of your past life. So everything is dependent on on your past. And then today how you behave will depend on your future life. So in this life you are very adharmic in nature, otherwise then you are going to be having a problem in your future lives. The omnipotent Yamaraja is as good as Lord Brahma for while situated in his own abode and in everybody's heart like the Paramatma, he mentally observes the past activities of a living entity and thus understands how the living entity will act in the future lives. As a sleeping person acts according to the body manifested in his dreams and accepts it as himself, so one identifies with this present body which he acquired because of his past religious or irreligious activities and is unable to know his past or future lives. The moment you accept the body, the body is you, you are not the past person. So the moment this body is accepted, nothing about your past will be remembered by you and nothing about your future will be known to you. Why? Because you have accepted the body. Accepted the body means you know you are Mr. So-and-so or Miss So-and-so or Mrs. So-and-so. Alright? And the moment you put that dawn, that thing on top of you, it's like this, you know, you are a bottle. I mean, you are pouring liquid in a Coke bottle, you become Coke. It's like that. Or you are plain water and if I put it in an EVN bottle, you know what you are going to be called as EVN. 
or a ginli. So tomorrow somebody comes and you just make a you know show <coughs> like that and of opening the bottle and that person will really believe oh he is giving me an Evian water or oh, in his house he drinks Evian must be very rich fellow. Hmm. <laughs> Think about it. It's like that. You know, you immediately accept it and that, that. So a human being accepts the body that they are in. You see, the body that you are in, you have already accepted my name is so and so. Got it? You have accepted it. And that is the reason why you don't remember any of your past lives and your future to forget about. Present also you won't remember. That is why you require a diary, isn't it? <laughs> you don't even remember the present. Forget about the past. Nobody remembers the past. And about the future, it's like an impossible journey. You don't even know where you are going tomorrow. So that is the reason. It's because we have become f- so firm with the body. We have accepted this principle. Right? And it doesn't go away. Above the five senses of perception, the five working senses and the five objects of the senses of the mind. Which is the sixteenth element. Above the mind is the seventeenth element. The soul, the living being himself who is cooperation with the other sixteen enjoys the material world alone. The living being enjoys three kinds of situations namely happy, distressful and mixed. So because depending on all these qualifications that you have got from the past you know. It's all going to make your life either happy, unhappy or in between that. The subtle body is endowed with 16 parts. The five knowledge acquiring senses, the five working senses, the five objects of sense gratification and the mind. This subtle body is an effect of the three modes of material nature. It is composed of insurmountably strong desires and therefore it causes the living entity to transmigrate from one body to another in human life animal life and life as a demigod. When the living entity gets the body of a demigod, he is certainly very jubilant. When he gets a human body, he is always in lamentation. And when he gets the body of an animal, he is always afraid. In all conditions, however, he is actually miserable. His miserable condition is called samskriti or the transmigration in material lives. Samskriti. So, what happens? Whatever whatever body you are given, you are going to be miserable to the core. You know, we don't appreciate our bodies. We always say, why did I take birth in this body? I should have been Bill Gates. Eh? <laughs> or, like those who are very young people will say, you know, I should have been children of Mukesh Ambani. Today they become directors of the company. Eh? You know, once upon a time there was this uh, person who was sitting with uh, one of the children of these Ambani fellows, you know. And uh, there was some issue. So that child says, the very small child says, See, if you act very funny, my father will switch off the electricity of the entire Bombay. You know why? Because his father is the chairman of BSES, Bombay Suburban Electric Supply. So, 
arrogance comes into people like that. It's the same way arrogance comes to us. I am so and so. Do you know whom you are talking to? <laughs> we also say this things, you know. We are so used to saying these words, especially if you are a big boss somewhere in the company and you know, do you know who you are talking to? Yeah, I know who I am talking to. You are full of all those, you know, 16 elements and all that, plus the mind. And mind is what teaches you that you are Mr. So-and-so or Mrs. So-and-so. We got it. So, end of it, we have accepted the body and because of which we have forgotten all what we are truly. So, that is why his condition is lamentable. It's full of misery. There isn't a single time in life that we feel happy about the body that we have got. We don't want to be happy. We will always keep on pointing to the faults that the body has. Oh, I have this problem. Oh, I have that problem. I am not feeling well. This is not good. That is not good. This world is useless. It's treating me badly. If I were so and so, then nobody would treat me badly. Oh, is that so? If I am Obama, nobody will point fingers at me. But you don't understand. Obama also people point fingers at him. Or Modi also. Everybody points fingers at him. Some of them may not. Some of them will like him. Some of them will hate him. It's the same thing. You think that you have got a bad body or something like that. Don't worry. It's a, everybody is going through the same miserable condition as you are. You be happy that others are also miserable. <laughs> because there isn't any happy person in this world. So you are happy. Everybody is like you. Some apne they say. No, you got to give the credit that you have got such a wonderful body. That this body is a vehicle. It may be a jalopy, you know, like Archie comic ka jalopy. It may be a jalopy, but it is taking you places. It is taking you somewhere, isn't it? So you be happy that it is the cause of your liberation. And that is the reason why you should always pay respect to the body. <coughs> The foolish embodied living entity inept at controlling his senses and mind is forced to act according to the influence of the modes of material nature against the desires. He is like a silkworm that uses his own saliva to create a cocoon and then becomes trapped in it and no possibility of getting out. The living entity traps himself in a network of his own fruitive activities and then can find no way to release himself. Thus he is always bewildered and repeatedly he dies. We are just like this silkworm. The silkworm you know, weaves around this thing, around itself. Think about it. We also love to stay in our world of misery. This is my house. This is my husband. This is my wife. These are my children. These are my parents. This is the cocoon that we weave around ourselves, you know. And it is trapping us inside that, isn't it? And the way it is trapping us inside, you know what happens to you finally? You will get boiled in hot water. You know cocoon, silk cocoon, have you ever seen how they draw threads? They put all those cocoons in hot boiling water and they kill the, kill the worm inside. And then they draw the thread from that. We are exactly like that silk cocoon. We are drawing this around us. 
all these attachments in our world this is my house i stay in my house silkworm drawing his own thread and winding around itself think about it now suppose you have a house somewhere okay suppose you have a house in say i don't know some place okay you have a house in mysore can you just leave your house just like that and walk away from there no forget about you the government will also not allow you to forget about it nobody in this world will make you forget about it nobody you have to be responsible responsibility is very very important you understand there is a post today which says somebody has reposted it or liked it i don't know there is this boy who is telling that i was not doing well in my school and my father was yelling at me he was he didn't like it so he goes inside the room and after few minutes comes out and he says it is all right son you can carry on and he forgives me that is what it's uh, that uh, humans of new york post is there today all right some people have written <coughs> what have they written great father love this that think about it can he say any other thing besides that can you say go to hell can he say that words to his son no there is attachment involved in it he has to take that thing and put it on his head and say yes boss i am responsible you got the point he cannot walk away from me there is no freedom for this man anywhere in this world why because he is attached to that child of his he has to say yes son you be good you know be good in school that is all that he can say because attachments are like those thread you know silver th- thread round your own body they are attaching you and drawing you inwards you have no choices there are no choices to a person now see this the living entity traps himself in a network of his own fruitive activities and then can find no way to release himself thus he is always bewildered and he repeatedly dies do you understand this that is the reason why the person is miserable because he is always trapped in some material you know commitment in his world think about it there are no options and that is the reason why this leads you towards these multiple lives continuously but the answer was given what you can do with it in the previous you know when we started the answer was already given so don't don't say that you don't know the answer the answer is devotion the answer is you know forgetting all this thing towards the devotee to becoming a devotee of the lord and losing yourself in him not a single living entity can remain unengaged even for a moment and it is not only one person's problem okay it is everybody's problem everybody is trapped in this okay it is so don't think you know that i have a child that is why i am trapped no way everybody is trapped in it not you alone everybody is in the same boat right that's what that is what we started reading one must act by his natural tendency 
according to the three modes of material nature because his natural tendency forcibly makes him work in a particular way the natural tendency of the person will make that person talk in a particular way if a person who is used to anger will always get angry can you change that nature of the person no way and a person who is always used to you know tana marne ka you say na okay so the person is always used to saying bullshit to you he is going to say bullshit to you there why, why are you thinking that today all golden words will spout from that person's mouth sorry don't think like that if a person is used to sleeping late and you expect the person to get up at the cocks crowing in the morning at 4:30 you are you must be the biggest fool on earth don't think like that somebody who is used to laziness will always be lazy boss it is not going to change so see understand this the three modes of material nature sattva rajas and tamas they are prominent in the person because of the natural tendency forcibly makes him work in a particular way some people have the lazy slow attitude of doing some jobs you know that and some people even after putting 100 chabis also will not do anything you got what i'm saying they are like that you can't do anything to these kind of people they are used to giving reasons they'll use they will continue to give reasons so why are you thinking that today they are going to become somebody great and start not giving reasons so don't bother about it the fruitive activities of a living being performs whatever pious or impious or unseen cause of the fulfillment of his desire this unseen cause is the root of the living entities different bodies the cause which is seen and unseen i told you karma happens without your knowledge as well isn't it karma happens how think about it how does karma happen it's a very interesting phenomena you may say yesterday if you recollect you know the the incident which i gave you there is a alcoholic drink and then there is a non alcoholic drink a person who wants to give up alcohol says i will drink non alcoholic drinks now and he drinks non alcoholic drinks is he solving the problem no why because he is still thinking of alcoholic drinks and drinking non alcoholic that means the desires have still not gone isn't it so this has happened to him without his knowledge the desires are still lingering in him so the karma happens even if he drinks the non alcoholic beverage do you get this point the karma of drinking non alcoholic beverage is bigger than the karma of drinking alcoholic beverages because the mind is getting telling you to be deceptive is it not telling you to be deceptive is telling you see you are drinking non alcoholic beverages okay you can just think that you are drinking alcoholic beverages so are you not talking about deception there is deception and because there is a double um, there is a double sin happening over there one is you are faking it and second is you are telling lies to your own self and because of this reason your karma is manifold not single pointed you are a, you like liquor you are drinking it you are in moderation perfect fine but you say i want to give up 
and then you go and convert yourself into non-alcoholic beverages. The taste has still not gone, sir. So your karma is double the quantity, then less the quantity. Got it? It's the same thing when a person eats sugar-free. Who is having diabetes eats sugar-free, isn't it? The sugar-free is a replacement for the sugar. That means you want something as a crutch. Crutch, you understand? You are using sugar-free as a crutch so that you can get rid of the sugar. It's not curing you in any way. Is is sugar-free curing you in any way? No way it is curing you. So that is the reason why double, double dhoka. Hmm? So, did you understand this? This unseen cause, that is the problem. This unseen cause is the root of living entities, different bodies. Because of the intense desire. Because, don't forget this line. It is the desire which causes the problem, not any other thing. The living entity takes birth in a particular family and receives a body which is either like that his mother or that of his father. The gross and the subtle bodies are created according to the desire. Many people say, oh he looks exactly like his father or he looks like his mother or she looks like his mother. Oh, so you think that you are looking like your mother, you are something great, is it? All your mother's horrible qualities are in you and all the horrible qualities of the father are in that child. That is why you are looking like that. You are carrying not only your own karma, but your father's also karma. Got it? Now you understand why the tendency comes. That is why a cricketer's son is also a cricketer. An actor's son is also an actor. Do you understand this reason why? It's nothing great. It's actually you are bringing all the karma with you. That is the reason why you have become like that. So what do people think? Oh! I, my son, he looks exactly like me. You think that's a bloody great compliment? He's the biggest stupidity on earth. So don't think like that. It is telling you that you, you, have, you have a borrowed tendency from your father. Or borrowed tendency from your mother. Your mother was a mother because of her horrible conditions. And your father is a father because of his horrible conditions. We are only looking at the good qualities of these human beings. But think about it. A pickpocket son is a pickpocket. Right? Wrong. <laughs> so think about it from that point of view. A butcher's son is a butcher. Got it? That is the reason why the tendencies are connected to one another. If your father had a horrible temper and you have a horrible temper, now you understand you have got all the wrong qualities from that person. Got it? So this is what the line will tell you. Since the living entities is associated with material nature, he is in an awkward position. But if the human form of life is taught how to associate with the Supreme Personality of Godhead or his devotee, the position can be overcome. Only if you are devoted to the Supreme Divine Consciousness or to Father in Heaven, Will this entire reversal take place? Otherwise, a lazy person is a lazy person is a lazy person is a lazy person. Got it? In the beginning, this Brahmana named Ajmila. Okay, I think we can finish, no? It's about, it will take about five minutes or so. In the beginning of the Brahmana named Ajmila, studied all the Vedic literatures. 
He was a reservoir of good character, good conduct and good qualities firmly established in executing all the Vedic injunctions. He was very mild and gentle and he kept his mind and senses under control. Furthermore, he was always truthful. He knew how to chant the Vedic mantras and he was also very pure. Ajmila was very respectful to the spiritual master, the fire god, guests and the elderly members of the household. Indeed, he was free from false prestige. He was upright, benevolent and all living entities and well behaved. He would never speak nonsense to or nonsense or envy anyone. Once this Brahmana Ajmila, following the orders of his father, went to the forest to collect fruits, flowers and all kinds of grasses called Samit and Kusa. On the way home, he came upon a Shudra, a very lusty fourth class man who was shamelessly embracing and kissing a prostitute. The Shudra was smiling, singing and enjoying as if they were in a proper behaviour. Both the Shudra and the prostitute were drunk. The prostitute's eyes were rolling in intoxication and her dress had become loose. Such was the condition in which Ajmila saw them. Imagine during those times also, Triple X movie was going on. I mean, you can imagine him just standing over there and watching all these nonsense happening. <laughs> the Shudra, his arm decorated with turmeric powder, was embracing the prostitute. When Ajmila saw her, the dormant lusty desire in the heart awakened and in illusion, he fell under their control. As far as possible, he patiently tried to remember the instructions of the Shastras, not even to see a woman. With the help of those knowledge and the intellect, he tried to control his lusty desires. But because of the force of Cupid within his heart, he failed to control his mind. In the same way, the sun and the moon are eclipsed by a low planet. The Brahmana loses all the good sense. Taking advantage of this situation, he always thought of the prostitute. And within a short time, he took her as a servant in the house and abandoned all the regulative principles of a Brahmana. So, just by thought alone, the whole thing changes. See, think about it. Thus Ajmila began spending whatever money he had inherited from his father to satisfy this prostitute with various material presentations so that she would remain pleased with him. He gave up his Brahmanical activity to satisfy the prostitute. Because his intelligence was pierced by the lustful glance of the prostitute, he, the victimized Brahmana Ajmila engaged in sinful acts in her association. He even gave up the company of the very beautiful young wife who came from a very respectable Brahmana family. Although born in the Brahmana family, this rascal, bereft of intelligence because of the prostitute's association, earned money somehow or the other, regardless of whether properly or improperly, and used it to maintain the prostitute's son and daughter. The Brahmana's irresponsibility spread his long life, transgressions, all the rules and regulations of the holy scriptures, living extravagantly and eating food prepared by a prostitute. Therefore, he became full of sin. He is unclean and indicted to the forbidden activities. This man Ajmila did not undergo atonement. Therefore, because of sinful life, we must take him into the presence of Yamraja for punishment. There, according to the extent of his sinful acts, he will be punished and then purified. So what does this tell you? Association with the wrong kind of people can lead you down the wrong path. But still, Vedas and the Shastras will tell you that you can stop it over there. You know, our physical nature is such that we fall down in that direction very soon. And that is the reason why Ajmila fell. So I shall end over here and I shall see you all next week. Okay, we have a very good week ahead. Alright, and I shall be back 
this week itself. Alright? Let's stop over here.